Hey guys, welcome to today's discussion. Today we're going to be talking an awful lot about uh, spiritual mass and in regards to uh, correlating with the photon and what we know of as a photon, how Ra describes what the photon actually is so we can get a better understanding because in my own opinion, uh, in my own meditations, you know, spiritual mass, that means um, our spirit gains mass. Uh, and uh, from what I kind of understand about the densities in that, to me, it's like how how much an area of space or time space is packed with light. So to me, that means that as we go through this evolutionary process and do our own inner work, adding, uh, being true to ourselves, uh, lighting ourselves up with truth, you know, our spirit then gains mass and, um, and that involves, uh, light from the photon. So, uh, attracting photons from the environment around us possibly. So let's get into a couple of questions here. Let's define what the photon is and talk about the photon for a bit and then we'll get into the spiritual mass and what they say about us gaining spiritual mass during this whole process so okay so this is session 27 question 16 and this vibration for lack of better understanding which we call pure motion it is pure love it is not shall we say to form any type of density of illusion this love then creates by this process of vibration of photon as we call it which is the basic particle of light. This photon then added by added vibrations and rotations further condenses into particles of the densities, the various densities that we experience. Is this correct? Ross says, yes, this is correct. Okay. And we know the densities are um, arranged in a way in which we place a, uh, the, the frequency of that particular photon that is surrounding that density is red, orange, yellow, green, blue, indigo, or violet corresponding with the various energy centers of uh, the body. So um, let's go into where they actually say that. I'm sorry. <laughs> Session 40, question five. So the question was taking an example of the transition between second and third. Okay. Then this transition takes place. Does the frequency of vibration which forms the photon, the core of all particles of the density, does this frequency increase from a frequency corresponding to second density or orange? Okay. The color orange, the frequency we measure for the color orange to the frequency we measure of the color yellow so second to third orange to yellow what i'm getting at do all the vibrations that form that density the basic vibrations of the photon increase in a quantum fashion over a relatively short of time so it's a photon the basic vibration of the photon that is increasing because yeah raw says yeah this is correct then you see within each density the gradual upgrading of vibratory levels it is a photon the vibration of the photon that is increasing it okay uh, next question 29 question 12 as love creates the vibration i will make the statement i believe that love creates a vibration in space-time in order to form the photon is this correct this is essentially correct so going back to because they're saying that that fo the photon is love so love actually creates the process of vibration which is the photon the basic particle of light okay okay and I think I touched on this a little bit last time in, involving 
between yellow and green. So this is session 40, question 9. Has the vibration of the basic photon of our particles increasing frequency already? They say, yeah, this is correct. It is this influence which has already begun to cause thoughts to become things. Um, and they do say they started in 1936 when the instrumentings of this energy became um, apparent in the, the current area of space that we are in. As an example, you may observe the thoughts of anger becoming themselves a physical bodily complex going out of control to what you call cancer. And I think this is um, just reading elsewhere because I really, in my own research, I wanted to expand on that. And um, I think what they say is really this is an anger within ourselves or anger at ourselves that is causing um, these going out of control. Quite interesting. Okay, We're moving on now. Session 49, question 9. What is the simplest being that is manifested? I am supposing it might be a single cell or something like that. And how does it function with respect to the energy centers? Here we go. The simplest manifest being is light or what you have called the photon. In relationship to energy centers, it may be seen to be the center of foundation of all articulated energy fields. Okay, I kind of want to expand on that a little bit because are they asking the simplest being that is manifested as in a simplest conscious being? Let's see if they say anything else about it. Yeah. When first density is formed, we have fire, earth, fire, air, earth, and water. There is at some time the first movement or individuation of life. Okay, could you describe the process of creation of this? Right, the first ray, red ray density going through attracted towards growth is not in the proper vibration for those conditions conductive of what you may call the spark of awareness. Okay. As the vibratory energies move from red to orange, the vibratory environment is such as to stimulate those chemical substances which lately have been inert to combine in such a fashion that love and light begin the function of growth. Okay. Love and light are the same. Love and light are the photon. Maybe an awareness of that grows, uh, you know, as they strive more towards, you know, this, this second density, orange, um, increasing. Okay. Quite interesting. Moving on though, session 2714, I will make a statement that I have extracted from the physics of Dewey Larson which may or may not be close to what we are trying to explain. Larson says, all is in motion, which we can take as vibration. And that vibration, which is pure vibration, and is not physical in any form or in any density, that vibration, first product of that vibration, is what we call the photon, particle of light. Trying to make an analogy between this physical solution and the concept of love and light. Is this close to the concept of love creating light? Yes, that is correct. You are correct. Okay. It's the vibration of that frequency is what we see a physical manifestation of light. So love is the actual, um, unmanifested being, I guess, of light. And that can be correct for ourselves. I mean, when it really comes down to it, you know, our unmanifested being is love. And we see a trickling down through 
physical manifestations, we see it as light. I hope that makes sense. Okay. This has to do with um, talking about the relationship to atomic particles. So um, this is in session 40, question three. I was wondering if the first density corresponded somehow to the color red, the second to the color orange, and so on. Um, and perhaps a way so that the basic vibration forms a photon that forms the core of all atomic particles. So what he's asking is, um, does the photon live somewhere in the center of all the atomic particles that we know of? Would have a relationship to that color density and that vibration would step up for a second, third, and fourth density corresponding to the increase in vibration of the colors, yeah. And uh, Ross said this is more correct than what you have stated. So let's see a little bit more of what they have to say about this. Um, you are correct in, in positing a quantum, if you will, as the nature of each density and further correct in assuming that these quantum may be seen to be a vibratory nature corresponding to color as you grasp this word. However, if it is true, as you suspected, but not asked, that each density is of the metaphysical characteristic complex of its ray. So last time we went into what is metaphysical, what is unmanifested, and the raw answer is, you know, hey, that's like the boundaries of seen versus unseen. So the medical, phys the metaphysical version of ourselves is the unseen. Uh, and we went into, you know, how to um, practice being aware of this unseen version of ourselves. And we're doing it all the time. We just needed to know uh, what it was, I think, in order to really expand upon the use of that and how to um, manifest that more into physicality. Um, so it, you know, basically in a nutshell is that each density expands as the vibration of the photon increases, therefore adding more light, changing the color of the ray, much as we see as, is the rainbow. You know, when you look at the spectrum of a rainbow and the vibrational frequencies of each. It's all about raising the vibration of each. So red is slow, or slowest, then you move to yellow, the frequency increases, and so on and so forth, um, until we get that manifestation of the violet ray. Because I know I've seen rainbows in the sky that are half there, because, you know, possibly the um, the, the frequency of that area with the, the rain moving through, you know, just isn't quite there yet. But eventually it does manifest. It just takes some time. So we'll see the red before we will see the, the blue or indigo. We have to work in those steps. We can't skip. We can't, um, you know, this isn't like, you're a, you're a smart cookie in second grade, so they tell you, you, you when you graduate from second grade that you can move on to fourth. We have to go through these levels of vibrational increases in order to reach the next. So let's move on to um, talking a little bit about spiritual mass. Yeah, so Romeo says... Um, the heart is connected to the shape of the Taurus. The funny thing about the heart, so we know that is green ray. Uh, and, and somewhere in the law of one, it, it speaks about, you know, the, the shape that this, whatever center it is, so let's pick on green ray, makes when it crystallizes, when it is crystallized, that it, it takes on a certain shape, the energy center. Um, and I've got a tapestry on my wall, for, you know, with the presentation of each shape 
And, you know, and this is something that isn't taught elsewhere, you know, well, well, it's fine that that makes a shape, but how does it make that shape? It is when that particular energy center is cleared and balanced and exercised, you know, we have to, it's like a muscle we have to exercise. Um, if we want to crystallize the green ray, the heart, then we need to be outwardly and inwardly practicing unconditional love and understanding and patience and uh, harmony. We have to be practicing that in our daily life. And then the more we practice it, the more this crystallization and that shape takes place. Just like the, the um, well, with any ray, really, but blue ray, we need to be practicing that honesty on the inside and outside. So that involves being true to ourselves too. Um, and in my own life and others, you know, and nobody's perfect. Often we have a hard time being honest with our own self too. So practicing that and being honest with others and being out in the open, transparent about things and also speaking our knowledge, you know, speaking you know, just if somebody's learning all these the spiritual knowledge and getting downloads and what good is it if you're not teaching it too? So that involves the Blu-ray exercising that. And when Law One also says, you know, once we balance that that green ray so much and it opens, you know, the Blu-ray is, is almost instantaneous. It really just needs effort from the individual. So then Teaching what you are learning is a prime example of that. And the indigo ray, this inner sight, this intuition, this um, other parts of ourselves, you know, we need to be practicing this. We need to be, um, you know, decoding our dreams and figuring out what our dreams are trying to say. And uh, and then teaching that as well by use of the Blu-ray and practicing meditations and um and actually implementing that by listening to those things you know my dream was symbolic for this and i need to practice that in my everyday life um and then that particular energy center is is crystallized in and then the violet ray we know is the sum of all the others um and that can't be changed but that is the true essence of who we are as the others come into balance. Yeah. Um, so let's move on to the spiritual mass. All right. So we're going to define this again and, uh, I remember earlier I had said, you know, spiritual mass, again, it's our spirit gains mass. And we can't ever forget that we are a mind, body, and a spirit, and they all function together. And we do need to remember that in our everyday life. You know, our spirit is a shuttle from which this energy can come in. Our mind uses it, and then our mind makes our body uh, move. And do our everyday activities. So this is session 37, question 8. Um, could you define spiritual mass? Spiritual mass is that which begins to attract the outmoving and ongoing vibratory oscillations of beingness. So fancy for vibration. And it's constantly oscillating. It's constantly in motion. Like Craig just said, just in motion all of the time. And it's not something that we can see uh, on a microscopic level. I mean, possibly. But I think it's, it's something that um, it's, it's more of it in our awareness that this is happening rather than actually seeing a person in that, that motion. Uh, ongoing vibratory oscillations of beingness into the gravity, the gravity well of this great central sun, speaking in a spiritual sense. This is spiritual. The gravity well of the great central sun, the core or creator of the infinite universes. That's so 
again, session 40, question two, I should have just went over the entire session 40. <laughs> Come to think of it. Um, very interesting, though. Our astronomers have noted that the light from spiral galaxies is approximately seven times less than it should be from their calculations of what their mass should be. I was wondering if that was due to the increase in spiritual mass in the galaxies in which we call white dwarf stars. So that's a little confusing because they, they ask about galaxies and white dwarf stars. So are they asking, do white dwarf stars um, appear to have more of a, a spiritual mass? I think you can either agree or not agree, I guess. But... Uh, but anyway, they do answer, yeah, this is basically correct. And there is a portion of the way a process of the creation cycle. Um, here, they actually give the equation. Um, and Julie Larson might have been responsible for this equation. But that is the equation for spiritual mass. So, and, you know, when I was meditating on this, I just had this thought that it was really related to an event horizon which they go into a little bit later um so let's let me go over that part actually i do okay come on to start here though Yeah, let's go over this one. In your present physical system of knowledge, it is useful to take the mass number of the electron in order to do work that you may find solutions to other questions about the physical universe. Okay, hold on. Yeah, so, and here they say the electron has been said to have no mass but only a field. Others claim a mass of uh, infinite measure. Both are correct. The true mass of the potentiated energy is the strength of the field. This is also true metaphysically. So invisibly and visibly. Both are correct. Yeah, no mass but only a field. And, I, and guys, I am not a scientist, but I have tried to study these terms i guess over the last few years so um i wish i was a scientist i could go into more of you know what they're trying to say i did take chemistry in college and biology but gosh um but it's interesting we are made of electrons and by the way i mean we have atoms and uh, we're made of atoms and photons and, you know, we're made of the elements. We have fire, earth, air, and, and water in our bodies. Uh, we are electrons as well. So just as much as we are protons and all of that good stuff. What they're saying, though, is it's possible for these ele this electrons to have only a field with no mass. And then others claim... An infinite measure of mass. The true mass of potentiated energy is the strength of the field. It's the strength of the field that is causing the mass. Okay. Uh, in such a way, you may conveniently consider each density of being to have greater and greater spiritual mass. As the mass increases significantly, but not greatly, until the gateway density in which is six density in this density the summing up the looking backwards in short all the useful functions of polarity have been used therefore the metaphysical electrical nature of the individual grows greater and greater in spiritual mass okay so it's the field in our electrons that are gaining the mass spiritually, metaphysically, okay? And this is where I was thinking about, it's almost like the event horizon, the point of no return. Once you reach the gateway density, it, you're, it, the spiritual mass increases greatly. You're, you're constantly gaining the spiritual mass over time throughout the densities. Yes, absolutely. But once you reach this, there, there is, that is the point of no return.
Okay. Um, I will go over this because it does name Mr. Einstein in here. For an analog, one may observe the work of the one known as Albert, who po uh, po posits the growing to infinity of mass as this mass approaches the speed of light. Okay. So is it, it, if you're approaching the, the speed of light, you just get bigger and bigger and bigger in mass. The seventh density being, the completed being, which later on I will talk about this too, is that is our mind-body-spirit uh, complex totality. This is a part of ourself. The completed being, the creator who knows itself as the creator, accumulates mass and compacts into the one creator once again. Okay. They do talk about that in a little bit. So, okay. Does the higher self have a physical vehicle or some type of vehicle like our physical vehicle? Does it have a bodily complex? This is in session 38, question eight. That's a really good question. You know, it is a part of ourselves. Our higher self is a part of us. Does it have a bodily complex as well? This is correct. The higher self is of certain advancement with, within sixth density going into seventh. After the seventh has been well entered, the mind-body-spirit complex becomes so totally a mind-body-spirit complex totality that it begins to gather spiritual mass and approach the octave density. So this is... um yeah, moving past, uh, moving past your seventh. Thus, looking backwards is finished at that point. You know, once you get to that point, yeah, point of no return. So, they do talk about this a little bit more in detail, though. Um, so we'll get to that. Okay, this is session 52. Question 12, and mentioning in the previous session, the harvest, you mentioned the light bringers from the octave. Am I to understand that those who provide the light for the graduation, of graduation, are of an octave above the one that we experience? Could you tell me more about these light bringers? Who are they? The octave density of which we've spoken is both omega and alpha. The spiritual mass of the infinite universe is becoming one central sun or creator once again. So they did speak about that earlier. Then is born a new universe, a new infinity, a new logos, which incorporates all that the creator has experienced of itself. In this new octave, there is also those who wander. We know very little across the boundary of octave, except that these beings come to our aid, our octave, and its logos completion. So they don't even know, raw giving this information from sixth density, they don't even know they have helpers as well. They have guides and, and the folks who, who reach down and, and guide them on their way. Um... Yep, and this also goes towards, you know, once we become this social memory complex and we're able to see into each other a little bit more, there's more transparency and that's having empathy and being open to that empathy and being honest and there isn't going to be any hiding anything. But my point is, is that collectively we become a working, functioning entity collectively and then move continue to move up through these densities until we ourselves after millions of years as a collective working in tandem with one another as uh, one being we eventually reach that sixth density seventh density portion and then it's almost that we um reach a new octave and being you know it's it just doesn't end it just doesn't end and there's 
even in those in, in the new octave there's those that wander and come from yeah something above or with more knowledge okay and this is speaking a little bit about our sun do i want to go into a lot of this is kind of repetitive but that's okay i feel like it's important to cover because this is talking about our sun being a sub logos yeah uh, starting with the logos this is again in session 40. Starting with the logos or sublogos, which is our sun, we have white light emanating from this. This is made up of frequencies ranging from the red to the violet. We very much know uh, that when moisture combines with uh, the rays of the sun, it makes a rainbow red to violet. This is a manifestation. Um, also happens to be God's promise to mankind and um, the Christian Bible. I am assuming that this white light then contains the experiences through all of the densities. As we go into the eighth density, we go into a black hole, which emerges on the other side as another logos or a sun and starts another octave of experience. Can you comment on any of this? We can comment. The concept of the white light of the sub-logos being prismatically separated and later at the final chapter being absorbed again is basically correct. However, there are sublivities involved which are more than semantic. The white light which en en emanates and forms the articulated sub-logos has its beginning and what may be metaphysically seen, metaphysically seen as darkness. The light comes into that darkness and transfigures it, causing the chaos to organize and become reflective or radiant. Thus, the dimensions come into being. Okay, that is a mouthful. But I did want to put focus on here when they're describing it's metaphysically. It was darkness and chaos. And then eventually it will organize. And um, then, only then, it becomes this radiant when it is balanced. Then it then it is radiant. And we know of ourselves as a sub-sub-logos because we are a um, sub of the sub-logos. Thus, the dimensions come into being. The blackness of a black hole, metaphysically speaking, is a concentration of white light being systematically absorbed once again into the one creator. This absorption into the one creator continues until all the infinity of creations have attained sufficient spiritual mass in order that all form once again the great central sun if you would so imagine it, of the intelligent infinity a weeding potentiation by free will. So still, free will is still present. Thus, the transition of the octave is a process which may be seen to enter a timelessness of unimaginable nature. We can't even begin to fathom the, uh, fathom the timelessness of this experience. To attempt to measure it by your time, measures would be useless, as I said. <laughs> Therefore, the concept of moving through the black hole of the ultimate spiritual gravity well and coming immediately into the next octave misses the sub-concept or corollary of the portion of the process, which is timeless. So this is like, you know, your scenic route versus taking a shortcut. It's very often more efficient and you learn way more by taking the, the scenic route than you do taking your shortcuts. Because when you take your shortcuts, you're at the mercy of others and you miss certain opportunities and that. So, and I am just thinking, you know, that they describe 
service to self is this gravity well. I'll have to look into that. Okay. Here we go. Here is what I wanted to focus on with the with ourselves present here in Sir Density attempting to raise vibrations into fourth and the relationship between the higher self and the relationship between the totality of ourself. Uh, and they give a really good explanation. The higher self is a manifestation given to the late sixth density mind-body-spirit complex as a gift from its future selfness. So there is a part of ourselves that resides in this sixth density. The mid-seventh density's last action before turning towards the allness of the creator, which we had just went over about how this mid-seventh density portion of us, once they reach, you know, this event horizon of spiritual mass, you know, there is the uh, absorption into um, the one creator once again. Uh, before turning into the allness of the creator and gaining spiritual mass is to give that resource of experience, what they are experiencing by going through what it is that they're going through, going through that event horizon. Uh, this is a portion of ourselves as I would like to put focus on that so that we understand this is an aspect of ourselves. Um, to give the resource to the sixth density self moving as you measure time in the stream of time. Okay. This self, the mind-body-spirit complex of sixth density, has then the honor slash duty of using both the experiences of its total living bank of memory of experienced thoughts and actions, and using this resource of the mind-body-spirit complex totality left behind as a type of infinitely complex thought form. In this way, you may see yourself, your higher self or oversoul, and your mind-body-spirit complex totality as three points in a circle. The only distinction is that of your time space. All are the same being. So this totality is the portion of us that's quite literally experiencing that event horizon going on the spiral of that event horizon and there is no looking back. It is then sending, but what it does do is, is leave a resource for that sixth density portion of ourselves, which is our higher self, that experience. And while that, that higher self is a, um, I would say time-space manifestation of all of our thoughts, all of our experiences from birth till so on and so forth. Um, every thought, every intention, every emotion, every conversation we've had with everyone and the understandings that we've have, our distortions that we have. Uh, it's taking that in as well as taking in the resource from the totality we are all that same being. There is no difference. The only thing, the only distinction is the time space. So I want to actually go into, uh, not a love one, but the Emerald Tablets of Thought now, because as I was doing research on that, I kind of was nudged to go into this, which I have focused so much on, just this one tablet. I mean, I, might, I, I looked through them all, but this one was quite interesting. Um, in regards to uh, the Great Pyramid increasing density or mass at the base, right? And it has time flowing down this way, right? And I'm not sure how much of this you guys can read, so I will read this portion here. The Great Pyramid's Invisible Twin, created by the full extension of the Pi dimension. Pi we know of as 3.1415, so on and so forth. So, 
but it does create, you know, an image of an hourglass here at the top. So just thought that was quite interesting. When I was doing meditations a while back on, you know, the indigo ray and the pineal gland and then that, I did get somewhat of an hourglass shape. This is acting as a funnel. And the loved one does say the balanced being, the, um, the fully balanced being, the fully efficient being, can be a walking king's chamber. The king's chamber we know of is an area of the pyramid which uh, really gets into the symbolic and literal life and rebirth of uh, life and resurrection, I should say, of a being. If they go through this process, then you do have to um, experience all the negative things in your life. It's like a life review that you get by being in the sarcophagus in the king's chamber. And uh, you have to take responsibility for your own actions as well as forgive the self for when you did not know any better and forgive others when they did not know any better. But this is a can be a daunting process for somebody that isn't ready for it. Um, but the, the fully balanced being, you don't need to be here. You can do this on your own if you really do the disciplines and, um, you know, do so much of your inner work and, and keeping an awareness of the need for balance and efficiency uh, and working from that that unmanifested being that is you. Understand your your expansion of sense of self and all that encompasses. You can be a walking king's chamber. So, um, but I thought that was interesting. They do, I mean, on your own, if you guys want to go into some of this, here is the link up here. Uh, soft. And this is all allegedly that these tablets were found where they were found. Um, and this is all allegedly, but it is very interesting information to go through. Uh, there is some correlations in here that I have found with that in the love one. Um, let's, let me see if I can't find one for you. Uh, they do mention the word time space as it's uh, as it's said in the law one. They emphasize on the law quite a bit in the Emerald Tablets, or he, I'm sorry. Uh, here I will go into, in the beginning there was a void and nothingness, a timeless, faceless, nothingless. And into the nothingness came a thought. All purposeful, all pervading, and it filled the void. There existed no matter, only force of movement, a vortex, or a vibration of the purposeful thought that filled the void. Okay. In the beginning, in the beginning, there was eternal thought. So, um, kind of goes into the theory that we are all just an eternal thought. For thought to be eternal, time must exist. So then came the law of time. Um, in a smooth, rhythmic movement that is eternally in a state of fixation. So time change is not, but in all things, change in time. There is a place in here where, uh, here, time is not in motion, but it's you who's moving through time. And this, I've actually read this last night, and I'm like, oh my gosh. So that kind of helped put things into one a little bit easier for me. So by time, time does exist all in all, an internal, an eternal one existence. Know that even though in time you are separate, but yet are one in all time's existence. So I am the same person in all my time here. But yet time is the thing that keeps events separate for the learning experience. If I did not keep the time aspect of things and everything would all be happening at once and there would be no learning because I would have the, the question to the equation and the answer to the equation all at once. And there would be no experience in 
learning the process of figuring the answer and finding the answer uh, and doing the work in anything like that. Like that makes sense. So um, there's some more good stuff in here. You know, it, it's all, it really puts focus on the fact that man is light and light is of man. And we should open ourselves up to the sunlight, which is expressed in this way. Open the eyes and see the great sunlight. Be not afraid, for it is thine own. Fear is of the dark to who to he who never faced the fear. But fear is in existence only by those created who are bound by their fears. So So quite interesting stuff that I found in here. But it's up to you guys if you would like to go into some of that real interesting things, uh, little snippets of things. And there is some um, common knowledge between the Immortabits and the Law of One. So, um, yep. Let me see where we're at with time. Okay. Tell you what, I'm going to go over one more thing. I can spell it right. Disarrangement. This has been on my mind lately, too. What happens is um, disarrangement. How do we get to this disarrangement? Things that I, and I think this is kind of explained by some of the anti-madness that we're seeing, but it really they explained it as, you know, if we go too fast with things, there is a potential for disarrangement. So let's ex explain it the way that they do for a time. Okay, as we have noted, this is in session 48. As we have noted, each of the true color densities has the seven energy centers, and each entity contains all this in potentiation. So we're going into uh, green ray, true color density, which is fourth density. At least that's what I'm aiming for. Um, and basically what they say is you're still going to have, you know, all of your energy centers with each color. So um, nothing's going to change there. But the activation while in yellow ray of violet ray intelligent infinity is a passport to the next octave of experience. There are adepts who have penetrated many, many of the energy centers in several of the true colors, but this must be done with the utmost care while in the physical body. As we have noted, speaking of the dangers of linking red, orange, yellow circuitry with true color blue, so skipping over the green, the potential for disarrangement of the mind body spirit complex is great so um and just you know i've gone over this a couple of times and each time it's like i find something different to pick on with within each question or answer but what my focus is here this time is it is that you're skipping over that green you're skipping over your empathy you're skipping over your unconditional love you are skipping over um everything that makes it possible for you to be a good human being, honestly. And I think Hitler was described this way somewhere else in the Law of One, which explains a lot of things. Uh, when we're not just taking into consideration other people's emotions and feelings and that they are also a, the same consciousness that resides within you. Um, but here that you say, however, the entity that penetrates intelligent infinity is basically capable of walking the universe with unfettered tread. So, and I suppose that goes for the ones that skip activating that heart, activating that green ray, and as well as those that do. Okay. Um, here we go. This is out of session 48, when the entity becomes aware in its complex totality of the mechanism for spiritual evolution. 
itself will arrange and place those lessons so this totality kind of places the lessons and entities necessary for maximum growth and expression of polarity. In the incarnative experience before the forgetting process occurs before the veil. The only disadvantage of this total free will of those senior entities, this is seniority by vibration, entities choosing the manner of incarnation is that some entities attempt to learn, attempt to learn so much during one incarnative experience that the intensity of catalyst disarranges the polarized entity in the experience, thus not maximally useful. Because we do still have that veil, correct? So we're not really in contagion with, you know, hey, this is happening because I'm learning patience. Hey, this is happening because, you know, this is prompting an unconditional love for myself or forgiveness. So not understanding and you're trying to do too much. And, you know, this is like when I come down, I want to um, climb Mount Everest and I want to, um, you know, uh, tread the entire Antarctic you know, I want to, um, <laughs> you know, become president of whatever country and I want to do this and I want to do all of that because that sounds really awesome and I think that would be great for the collective and not really taking into account, hey, you've got a veil and you're going to have to do this efficiently and appropriately and you're going to have to be aware that things are happening to you because they are teaching you something or it's giving you an opportunity to teach what you've already learned. So, um, yeah, so some will rise to the top, some will sink to the bottom. Layers and layers of empty will ensue as, as harvest draws near. Those filled with the most light and love will naturally, without supervision, be in line for the experience of incarnation. That is speaking about the um, uh, seniority by vibration. Very interesting. Okay, let's see what time we're at here. But I hope that gives you all an idea of what they are trying to explain with this this spiritual mass. It involves rising the 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 frequency that of the photon that is vibrating higher and higher as we move into these. Um, more dense layers of the galaxy, the universe, and on all space around us. So it's making changes to our sun, you know, our, our sub-logos, and it's making changes with us. And we are all quantum connected, in my opinion. So if we're seeing these changes with our very own sun, then we, we are being affected as well, because we are a portion of that creation. And we need to understand we are that creation as well. Therefore, we are going to be taking in these changes. It's very imperative for us to not only have these experiences, but also be true to ourselves. You know, uh, light is truth. Light is love. Light is um, the essence of who we truly are, that one photon. And uh, as we attract more, more energy to us, we are going to have, be having more of these experiences. We really need to learn what exactly we have to do with it. And that is forgiveness that of self and others. And that is being honest with ourselves and others. And that is having the understanding that other people are other people. And they are other parts of ourselves having their own experience. And um, uh, figuring it out just like the rest of us. So... Uh, I hope that helps, and we will see you next week for yet another discussion.